Dearest listener, welcome to a Bridgerton podcast, a weekly show dissecting the Bridgerton family and the ongoings of the rest of the ton, presented by Mr Ben Butler and the Right Honourable Robbie Christmas. May God have mercy on your souls. Thank you to Lord Whistledown for that lovely intro. How are things, Robbie? I'm good. Um, how are you? I'm good. Um, still in lockdown over here, so my hair is getting pretty long. Um, I'm thinking I might comb it out into some like Anthony-style sideburns. <laughs> Your sideburns are looking good. I've been working on my Anthony impression. Oh, good. All right, let's hear it. Oh, I can't do the voice. I just, I, I can do is like, you know, you're talking about the stare where he just looks like he's really tired. You're just going to do the stare. This is a podcast. Yeah, I, I realize that probably not the best impression for a podcast, but I am working on it. Uh, but so far, all I have is the stare. Let's see the stare. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, the trick to a good Anthony impression is not sleeping, uh, I've discovered. Don't sleep and feel a false sense of superiority. Mm. Well, yeah, that was already sorted. I had that. Um... Cool. So last time, earlier this week, we were talking about um, episode three. And having now seen episode four, I feel episode three was sort of one of those like teeing up episodes. I think a lot of shit goes down in episode four. And I know you were particularly excited about this one. So do you want to crack crack in and, and give us your take on episode four? Yes, absolutely. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. There's so much drama that happens here. So uh, the prince, Frederick. Uh, brings Daphne a beautiful necklace and as he puts it on she actually imagines that Simon is the one putting it on the amount of times in this show where I hear her gasp (laughs) you know what I mean like especially in this episode where she goes (gasps) like she's been touched it's like nobody's ever touched her ever these poor women are being deprived of any sort of physical touch yeah like even the bridges and family who are quite close and um yeah, unusually close by families of that era like you never really see them like hugging or anything um it was an era people just didn't touch each other yeah. or themselves it seems so we show simon mm-hmm. in this uh, boxing warehouse that him and his buddy hang out and so his buddy needs him to show up for this big boxing match because simon is kind of acting as his coach he really is pressuring Simon to show up because of his odds of winning are greater with Simon being present to coach him. I don't really know what sort of advice he's going to give him, but that's not to diminish the importance of like boxing coaches. I just don't know enough about it. It's like punch yeah, harder. I think, I, I think it, well, punch harder, I guess, is always good boxing advice. I, uh, I think part of it is that Will uh, knows Simon in the sort of Lord of Hastings capacity the fact that Hastings is like, oh, this is my guy, means that like there'll be more bets placed on Will and he'll do better, I think, mm. in financially rather than like actual performance-wise. That's a good point. Okay, so Daphne and the Prince meet at the boxing match, which is kind of like, it's it's kind of dramatic because women, it's not very ladylike to be at a boxing match, right? Yeah. Was it the Prince's idea to go to the boxing match? That was unclear. Um with all the boxing matches, I just feel they're an excuse for like people being topless um, and, and some sense of action. Yeah. I did notice that Will is boxing an Irish guy, and they really leaned heavily into the like Irish music uh, for this scene. It was very 
that plus fighting and i was like oh this just seems feels very uh very stereotypical it is absolutely very stereotypical where it's like get some rowdy music going and uh mm-hmm. get a dude with a kind of a ginger beard <laughs> yeah there's just random ginger guy in the yeah, background yeah he might as well had a leprechaun just like pop out it was just like oh this is the one little bit of irishness they've tossed into the show and it's like fighting and i assume drinking and rowdy music and it's like oh yes like everything in the show is just very on the nose so i wasn't surprised but let's hope that the next time that they introduce an irish character it's a little bit more accurate um so daphne checks out the duke uh who's coaching will and uh, Hmm. just when we think will's gonna lose he triumphantly defeats the irishman and everybody's celebrating except for a couple people, including um, Lord Featherington, who's very disappointed in the bet that he made against Will. Um, I, to be honest, I wish they would show um, Benedict more, the painter, the mm. the artist, because I find his storyline really interesting. He actually um, befriends that painter from the last episode. Oh, Mr. Granville? Yeah, Mr. Granville. He, he befriends him. It's funny you say befriending. I think they're being very flirty. Yeah, I do too. Okay, that's, yeah, that's the kind of the vibe that I, I thought too. I thought maybe, maybe you wanted to bang him. Yeah, Mr. Granville is very like, oh, feel free to be yourself. Yeah. Um, Come by for conversation. He says, feel free to be yourself with sort of an insinuation of like, feel free to be yourself inside me or something to that extent. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some flirting going on there. I don't think Benedict is totally wise to it yet. But yeah. it definitely seems like Granville is, he's laying on the charm somewhat thick. Um, yeah. I did like at, at Granville's as well, uh, there's this opening when the, he kind of opens the door into the um, kind of sketching area. There's these two people sketching and they talk. It's like they're one mention of, well, you know, I talked about it previously in terms of like there's a big war going on and there's all these like social inequality and those people there are talking about how like the town are so obsessed with the ton and the debutants they're ignoring all this kind of stuff so mm-hmm. it was cool to get like a little bit from people outside the ton being like oh some people are thinking about this uh, which was nice yeah okay so anthony comes into the house and tells daphne that prince frederick wishes to propose and he has granted him permission um okay so what is a dance card because they were at another ball and uh, the prince says to daphne oh i wonder if there's room for me on that dance card is it like a punch yeah. card for dancing Sort of. Yeah, like, you you see it in the show, um, the young women have, like, an actual card hanging off their wrists. Yes. Um, I haven't looked into it, but my understanding is, yes, the idea would be that there's, like, a few slots, and uh, men sort of put their, their names down on it. It's almost like if you're playing, like, pool in a bar, and you put your, kind of, like, money down next, it's like, oh, like, I've got next game kind of thing. I think okay, it's... okay, so now that makes sense. That he was asking, he said, I hope there's room for me on that card. So I wonder if um, the order of dances is always the same. Like, say mm. you're really good at the foxtrot. Like, do you really want to come in on that and, like, be number three all the time? Right. Or can you just sort of, like, is it more kind of... Because, you know, they're, like, in uh, dances that you and I might have gone to and sort of, like, a prom kind of thing. There, there's some that are kind of, like, slow dances and some of them that are more kind of, like, upbeat. Like, is everyone trying to get in on the slow dance? Like, I'm not really sure what the deal is with those. I wouldn't know anything about any sort of school dances because the only one that I went to, I was working at coat check. Oh, nobody, nobody wanted to dance with me and I collected people's coats 
and gave them a ticket so that they could uh, retrieve it at the end of the night. Oh, that's sad. Look at this. This is kind of like a, a peacock moment for me. Yeah. A lot of my traumas coming up. Yeah, and definitely not in the kind of uh, peacocking uh, sense, but very much just in like yeah. your trauma, your trauma moment. Was this at your own? Like, so you were you collecting your kind of classmates' coats, or did you just go back and volunteer? It was my classmates' coats. And oh, well. during my prom, the girl that I had a crush on, who I had invited to prom, I, we didn't dance at all. She danced with the guy that she was into. Oh well. So I didn't dance. So thanks for bringing that up. Uh, you're welcome. Well, look next time. Uh, you're at a high school prom. Uh, maybe make yourself a little dance card. Um, I'm 31 years old. If I am at a high school prom, I'm either going to be somebody's parent or I'm wearing an ankle monitor Yeah, that is beeping furiously because I'm not supposed to be there. That is big watch list behavior. That is absolutely watch list behavior. Anyway, so Lord Featherington's up to something. Uh, we don't know what it is yet, mm-hmm. but we do catch something that he said to scare Mr. Finch off from one of their daughters who was developing some sort of uh, rapport with him. I really like Mr. Finch. You really liked him? Yeah. Like, the one that was sneezing yeah. all the time? He's just so irreverent. Like, he sneezes and loves cheese. Like, that's, that is his essence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's, there's no real further explanation of either of those things. Um, and I just love that that is a human in the show. I really just like that about it for some reason. Your standard for what you admire needs to, it needs to change. Because he, I thought he was so lame. Everyone in the show is lame, but like he has a thing. which like, His thing is that he likes cheese and he sneezes a lot. He just seems a bit like he's like a more interesting version of Prince Friedrich. If Prince Friedrich is just like a boring, like golden retriever... Um, Mr. Finch is like... He's a corgi. Yeah, he's like this cute little he's, corgi. He's, like like, a, he's not even a corgi, because those are pretty royal. Like He's he's like a pug. Yeah, pug. You can hear it wheezing. <laughs> I do like pugs. I do like pugs, too. If I were writing something further on Mr. Finch, I would say, like, so he's, he sneezes a lot. Uh, I think that's probably because he's surrounded by flowers all the time. He seems to be, like, have some sort of, like, pollen um, yep. intolerance. And then I also love the idea of, like, him loving cheese and him talking about that but also being lactose intolerant, like I would add that little bit in. I think they'll just add a little bit of a, a little bit of depth to, to him that I'd like to see in, in a future season. We'll see what happens uh, later on in this episode when we talk about our heroes, because I have a feeling we haven't heard the last <laughs> of Mr. Finch. Um, later on, uh, the prince is telling Daphne how into her he is, and then right as he's about to propose, she interrupts him and runs away. Okay, mm-hmm. now buckle up because this is when it gets juicy. So Simon oh, shows yes. up outside to apologize and say goodbye to Daphne. She's upset, clearly, and for good reason. Mm-hmm. She says, we're not friends. You don't need to apologize. And uh, Simon starts to question her choices and motives and whether or not she truly wants to marry the prince. Daphne says, fuck off. So she ends up running away <laughs> and Simon pursues her and then he kisses her. And then he starts to feel her up. He puts his hand straight up into that dress. Right there, yeah. And uh, Anthony comes by and he sees it. And then he challenges him to a duel to protect her honor. Mm -hmm. So Simon says he cannot marry her. And so Daphne's like, you're joking. How could you think that little of me that you would rather duel than marry me? You'd rather risk your life than marry me. Um, Next morning, uh, Anthony gets ready for the duel. 
and Daphne wants to know where it's taking place. And uh, finally, she finds out where it is, And but most importantly, she realizes that Cassidy Coffer, is that how we say her name? Uh, uh, Cressida. Okay, Cressida. Uh, yeah. So she saw what happened, because she hints at it, and mm-hmm. uh, Daphne realizes that if she tells people and they don't get married, then her reputation will be ruined forever. Mm-hmm. So Daphne interrupts the duel just in time okay and she tells the duke like hey you weren't the only one there like there were other people that were watching and carissa saw what happened so if you Mm -hmm. don't marry me i'll be ruined and so he says i cannot do that she says are you joking and he says no it's not that it's because i cannot give you Um, children there is a tweet that just gone viral on uh on twitter earlier um i think it's like over four hundred thousand retweets at the last time I, i saw it I think it's captioned like 19th century fuckboys and it's Simon in that scene being like, oh, I can't marry you because I respect you too much or because I care about you too much or something. (laughs) Um, Um, So the duel starts up again and Daphne interrupts to tell them that the Duke and her are to be married and the episode ends. Yeah, a lot going on in this episode. Like definitely episode three was kind of the winding back of a lot of things that kind of came to fruition in episode four and setting up, I think, a pretty breakneck pace for at least the next episode or a couple of episodes. Memorable moments. A couple of things I wanted yet to like take a look into. The first was sort of this kind of like eyes wide shut style ball. A couple of things from this I enjoyed. One is just like Lady Bridgerton just getting absolutely tanked and just like knocking back the champagne like it's no one's business. Um, I'm not sure if you spotted this guy, but there's a guy in the background playing the harp who just like could not give a fuck. And I'm not sure if this is like. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, I'm not sure if this is like just like some extra who like wasn't expecting to be like on set, um, or like this is a deliberate like character move by this guy. But there's this harpist who just like could not give a shit and has just a real like look of general contempt. Which like, if he's playing that like on purpose, I think that's excellent because like they are like dressed up in all these like stupid costumes if you wear harpist in this scenario and being just surrounded by all these like rich assholes like, yeah you're like, not making exact- any tips nobody's tipping you yeah so this guy's either the best actor in the world uh for all those reasons um or he's just pissed off because he's playing the harp and he's like oh they're gonna put vitamin string quartet over this and no one's gonna hear me anyway I enjoy the guy a lot it's those kind of things that i'm watching this for the second time around that i get to like notice now the kind of older lord who has, like, the dead soldier's teeth is, like, extremely gross. Wait, w- does he have somebody else's teeth in his mouth? <laughs> yeah, um, so... No, he doesn't. Yeah, You're making that up. No, they make two They make two references to this. The first is when he's in the Featherington's house and he's doing this weird kind of, like, yeah. it was like ho- horse trading approach to Barino, which is really gross. And then he has this line about like, oh, you can tell a lot about someone by their teeth. And he goes, oh, these are um, soldiers' teeth, like recovered from the battlefield, like very expensive. So yeah, that guy definitely like outgrosses Burbrook, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. One other little background thing is, um, so Simon, obviously after the prior episode on him and Daphne have this cute moment in front of the painting that his, was his mom's favorite, he asked for it back. And when he's like going through his house, he's like, oh, what's this painting doing here? And one of the servants is like, oh, you asked us for it to be returned. Uh, Simon is like, oh, well, get rid of it. And the servant was like, oh, sir, it was like no small feat to get it here. 
And I just liked the idea of like being a servant to some of these people must be the absolute worst. Um, mm-hmm. But just the idea of them having gone through all this effort to like coax the painting back, physically bring it all the way to like his home. And then for the person who gave that order to be like, what? I didn't want this. And then to have to bring it all back again. Just I would kind love of like, to see the deleted scenes where they actually show what he had to go through. He says it was no small feat. I'm like, what happened? Well, yeah, he has to, like, ride down to, like, ask. He can't just call anyone up. He has to, like, ride down. Right. Like, hey, can we have this painting back? Then they have to, like, hire someone to, like, take the painting off the wall. And then it's a big painting. They have to get someone else to, like, transport it back. Make sure that it doesn't get damaged when they're transporting it. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, what level of insurance do I get? And all this kind of stuff. Then they have to return the moving truck. But one of them has to be driving behind them so that they can get a ride back when they stop at the U-Haul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, talk about heroes. Absolute hero for me. Um, I want to just talk about um, Jules for a minute. Um, so a couple of things, uh, Jules, that I, want to, I explored. This is when both Anthony and Simon choose their second. So they choose, uh, Anthony chooses Benedict and Simon chooses Will to be their second, which eventually essentially just means like hold my gun slash coat, but there's more to it. Um, so looking it up, um, Traditionally, the duties of a second involved choosing a dress code, which I enjoyed immensely. So if you and I were having a duel, our seconds would have to correspond to figure out like if we were doing it, you know, in like tuxedos or if we're going for more of a sort of a, you know, chilled Sunday vibe kind of thing. Like, I think it was important that people came to the duel at the same dress level. You don't want to show up like wearing cargo pants. Yeah, because like it's embarrassing enough that you're going to potentially be shot in the face, but like you want to look your best or at least at the same level the other guy did or you don't you don't want to come overdressed if someone else comes true in cargo shorts and you're there in your tux like you both look like idiots um and then the last thing of the duel is that daphne rides into the middle of the shots going off like fucking gandalf like (laughs) (laughs) it's true well like where did like he couldn't have been that far off like who did he shoot but in fairness to her very much like takes life into her own hands and makes the calls be like no like we're getting married that's it of the episode uh one other hero for me i think is the um the female gaze so so many tv shows and movies are shot from the the male gaze right which is basically like the point of view of the camera is from the male like it's all focused on you know the girl and the like loco dress and all that sort of stuff whereas in bridgerton it's very much in the uh in the female gaze and you see even in the uh boxing match like the focus in from Daphne's perspective on Simon like rolling up his sleeves to expose his his arms. Um, I thought that was quite cool. So that's a little like uh, hero, non-character, but feature hero of the week for me. I love that. Villain of the episode. Uh, I th- I would say that one of my main villains. Actually, I was almost going to say Mr. Finch just to fuck with you, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> that's a lad. Um. At first, I was going to say that it was uh, Lord Featherington, mm-hmm. but then we see him kind of break down and say that he's like ruined his family's life and spent all their money. And so I do have a little compassion for him because he's not as much of a cold hearted dick as we thought he was in the beginning. I think there's a call for the sort of elderly Lord who Lady Featherington is trying to set Marine up with. And he has this kind of um, Hannibal Lecter style, like, oh, yeah. I dead soldier's teeth in my mouth it is so weird pretty villainous and then he has all these kind of gross lines like oh i don't need to see how she talks 
or no, I don't need to know how she talks. I just need to like see how she moves or something. Like very much just treating Marina like a uh, someone at a cattle market, which uh, is, is pretty horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty horrible. So I really liked the BuzzFeed quiz from last week. So I thought we'd do something else. Uh, this is uh, 28 Bridgerton quotes for Instagram captions that are something to gossip about. Mm. Um, so if you scroll down to the, the bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I was thinking we could um, like read the quote and then imagine what sort of Instagram post would go well with it, since that's the idea oh, of, I love the, this. of the caption. Yeah, 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 yeah. We must continue our ruse until I find my match. Daphne Bridgerton. If I took a picture with my girlfriend mm-hmm. and I posted that on there, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if she would like that very much, but that yeah, how that would come off to people. Yeah, mine is food based. Um, it's like me in a bakery, and I'm looking for like the perfect donut, and I have to try every one until I find the one that's like <laughs> perfect, and just whispering gently to the donuts. Um, that we must continue our ruse until I find my match. I like the, uh, you don't know me, but I know you from Lady Whistledown. I really want to just um, take a picture of some sort of unassuming <laughs> stranger <laughs> and make that my caption. Yeah, yeah. Or just uh, cut up like a newspaper and different like, magazines. <laughs> <laughs> like a ransom note. <laughs> I just post it in someone's mailbox. I, I like the clip where it's like, you have no idea what it is to have one's entire life reduced to a single moment. Um, and then it's like kid being like, you ever have a dream where you do? You do? Oh my God. <laughs> have you ever had a dream that, that you, um, you had, you, you, you could, you do, you, you want, you, you could do so, you, you do, you could, you, you want, you want him to do you so much you could do anything <laughs> this is my new favorite game now these are good these are i really i encourage people to check this out it's the elite dailies 28 bridgerton quotes for instagram captions that are something to gossip yeah, about we can, we can put it in the show notes well look that's everything from episode four and everything from us as always tell a friend about the podcast follow us um give us a rating and a review uh we need to work on our outros that's for sure yeah i think so <laughs> these are not compelling at all <laughs> this is why we have lord whistle down to end things for us it always seems more emphatic i know that's right so that should come through now well there you have it another episode of a bridgerton podcast simply marvelous as ever please rate and review us on apple podcasts subscribe on your favorite podcast app and tell a friend until next time ta-ta 